Red Rocks Church. You guys look fantastic. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. It is God's weekend. Let's keep it. Hey, let's keep the energy going really quick. All of our Denver-based campuses, keep it up. Let's go. Our Brussels campus, our location in Austin, Texas. I see you guys. Both of our God Behind Bars campuses, we love you. Everybody watching this online right now or at a later time, welcome to church, guys. Welcome to your church. Are you happy to be here? Happy to be alive? Me too. I like that. Anybody here for the first time? High and proud. Raise your hands if you're here for the first time. Welcome. Yes. So glad that you're here. I'm just going to put all of our church chips on the table right away. If you were looking for the perfect church, you did not find it. You just met Conrad like a few minutes ago. So cat's out of the bag on that one. You did not find the perfect church. We proudly say around here that we are just a bunch of imperfect people doing our best to pursue a God who is perfect. And regardless of whatever you happen to believe or not believe about this God, regardless of who you are or what you've done or where you've been or what your story is, you are welcomed at this church. You have a home at this church and you are loved and valued here and you always will be. And I don't just say that to say that. Seriously, the heartbeat of our church is is to be a church that feels like home, a space where it is easy to experience God and easy to invite your friends to do the exact same thing, amen? We believe that God is real. We believe the sacrifice that Jesus made for us 2,000 years ago is everything, and we're just doing our best to try to figure out how to live like we actually believe that's true, and part of that means getting together once a week to celebrate the fact that we are going to heaven forever, amen? You can shout that down. Permission granted to amen your salvation, all right? If you guys want to make some noise today, you are more than welcome to do that. This is a lot more fun when it's not a monologue, but rather a dialogue. I feel like when you respond, it kind of helps you just to like receive something, you know? Like receive news in a way that you don't if you're just, if you're just sitting there smiling. Smiling is great, but feel free to have fun. You did not find the perfect church. You did, however, find the fun church. We're going for he- to heaven forever, and not only that, but we believe that in the here and now, God has abundance life for us, that this whole God thing is not about there and then. God is right here, right now, and it starts the moment that you receive Jesus into your heart, not the moment you take your last breath one day, but the moment that you receive Jesus. He loves you. He has a plan for you, and he's working in your life whether you feel it or not, and that's true for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Welcome to church. Where are my note takers at in the house? Anybody? Okay. That's a, it's not a bad contingency, it's not great, but God does not choose favorites, but I do, and it's you, so congratulations. I, uh, cause I'm about to give you my sermon title for today. Um, and since I, I now live in Austin, Texas, and I just got my uh, official Texas license plates, and since my, uh, my five-month-old son was born a Texan, and since I've been listening to a lot of Tim McGraw recently, we're going to call this message, Where the Green Grass Grows. So turn to your neighbor right now and say, neighbor, say it, say, neighbor, I want to live where the green grass grows. Now turn to your other neighbor, your second choice for whatever reason, and say, say, other neighbor, You already live where the green grass grows. I want to live where the green grass grows. Watch my corn pop up in rows. 
Every night be tucked in close to you. Raise, I'm kidding, we're not gonna keep going. That's for my beautiful bride in case she's watching this from Texas right now. She's probably not, so that's for me. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. Thank you for a church to call home. God, I pray our doors would always be wide open. I pray our roots would continue to run deep. And I pray our reach, God, would would continue to be farther and farther for your glory to make your name famous, Jesus. We love you, and we pray this in your name. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Well, we are in the final week of our series called Awake, and we've based it on Ephesians 3.20. Just to remind you, here it is. Now to him, to God, to God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine, more than we could dream, pray, or fathom, according to his power that is at work within us. And so never doubt God's ability to do amazing things in and through groups of people who are simply willing. Not perfect people, but willing people. We are designed to dream big, and we are designed to live better. And we're designed to do that not one day, but today, right? I don't want my obsession with the future to rob my experience of the present. God's love is not, God, God does not, he's not in love with the future version of you 10 years from now that has, has everything figured out and no longer struggles with A, B, or C and, and has Galatians memorized and has a six pack with 50s falling out of your pocket. Like that's not, God's in love. If you can believe it or not, if you can actually receive this, he is in love. He actually likes the imperfect work in progress version that you are sitting in your chair right now. Do you believe that? You believe that? That's who he is in love with. And our calling is to live awake, to live alive. Because how many know just because you have a warm body doesn't necessarily mean that you are alive, right? We're called to live fully awake. It is not enough just to dream. Walter Mitty was great at dreaming. It's when we eventually, we have to wake up and actually do the dream that we begin to experience Ephesians 3.20 kind of stuff in our lives. And, and here's where I'm going for this week, for the final week of Awake. I believe, I believe God has given me the assignment not to get us to, to dream bigger and not even to get us to live better, but I believe this week God has given me the job of trying to get us to, to see longer. And you ask Why? I'm glad you asked, because anything is possible with God if you give him enough time. Somebody once said, we we overestimate what we can accomplish in one year in a short period, but we, we dramatically underestimate what God could accomplish in us and through us if we give him enough time to, to dream bigger, to live better, but to see longer. And if you have your Bibles, go to John 15. It's a very famous passage of scripture. This is, this is red letters in your Bible. So it's Jesus talking, and Jesus is talking about himself. He says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more Fruitful. So Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And apparently, Jesus wants his branches to bear fruit. Now, listen to this right here. You are already clean. 
Red Rocks Church, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken over you. So Jesus is saying, hey, this is not a question of salvation. He's speaking to Christians right now. So anybody who has received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Jesus is saying, okay, like we're moving past that now, okay? Like, like heaven forever is just, is just the beginning, just the tip of the iceberg in what God wants to do in your life. Believe it or not, you have a God who is that good that Jesus is just getting started with salvation. And he's saying, hey, salvation is on me. So let's receive that and let's get going because you have too much potential to take with you to the grave. Too much potential to take with you to the grave. And I I want you to bear fruit in this life. Jesus is saying, I want you to live effectively. And he's about to give us the secret for how to live an effective life. Here it is. Remain in me. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. This is just seventh grade science, right? No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will, underline that word will, you will, not might, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me though, you can do nothing. And so apparently it's, it's possible to have a saved soul and yet at the same time somewhat of a, a wasted life, right? now. Make no mistake, God does not need anything from you. He does not need, like I could sit on my metaphorical couch for the rest of my life and do absolutely nothing. He's gonna love me just the same. God's gonna be just fine, right? The world already has a savior. It's not me and it's not you. And that's good news, right? That God does not need you, but if you can get this, God actually wants you. He wants you with him and wants you to experience fruit in your life, right? To live effectively, right? We, are, we, are, we know that we're not saved so that we can spend the rest of our lives living like the goal is to arrive safely at death one day, right? Like we know, man, I'm supposed to give myself for something that's bigger than myself. Give my life for something that will outlive my life. We are called to bear fruit and we know this, right? Like, man, I'm called. We are called to build. We are called to, to risk. We are called to love recklessly and to feel deeply both the highs and the lows of life, right? We are called to cultivate marriages and friendships and build families and raise kids and plant churches and start businesses and encourage and inspire and give and serve. These things are the fruit of a life that is lived fully awake. You wanna be effective? That's good. You want your life to count? You should. God gave you that. He put that in you and he is saying that all comes down to your ability to remain connected to him. Remain like a branch on a vine and your future will, will be fruitful. John 15 is a spiritual law that is more real than gravity. More real than gravity and we will never graduate beyond it, right? The moment you become too smart for John 15 is the moment you become too smart for Jesus. We never graduate beyond John 15. This is something you never outgrow. There's some things in your life that you just never outgrow. I'll give you an example. I'm 30 years old this year, guys, and I still eat a bowl of Lucky Charms every night before I fall asleep at night. Every night. You never outgrow sugary cereal. I take a multivitamin with it because I'm an adult, right? It's like you never outgrow puppies 
or Disney movies, right? Like, we can all relate to that. This is, this is more personal for me. If you relate to this, please shout me down. But my thing, uh, ever since I was a kid and I haven't outgrown it, is rock candy, specifically blue raspberry rock candy. I love it. Like, there's a candy store about a mile from our house. They know me by name. I'll walk in there, get rock candy about once a week, and then drive to, like, an abandoned parking lot and eat it. Like, I'm ashamed to do that in front of other adults. You know what I mean? Like, it's my drug of choice. It just is. I haven't outgrown it. But, like, hey, if you don't like like the occasional candy store trip or puppies or Disney movies, you can go ahead and get the heck out of this church right now, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. You're like, wow, that went from inclusive to exclusive pretty quickly over puppies. You're right. There's some things we never, never outgrow. So, so in Texas, there is a, uh, it might be more states, but there's a, a gas station called Bucky's Gas Station. We get some cheers for that here. That's awesome. Um, there's like 300 gas pumps at this gas station. It's like, and the, the building is the size of Costco, okay? Like, this isn't like your Shell 7-Eleven on the corner. This is like, everything's bigger in Texas, and it's be, they, they say that because of this gas station. And like, you can walk in and like, pay for your gas and grocery shop and furniture shop all in the same place. And last month, I was on a road trip by myself from Houston to Austin, and I stopped at Bucky's, and I went inside, and they have a ride rock candy section in Bucky's, like an entire aisle of rock candy. Like this is Ephesians 320 stuff, like right in front of me, right? And so naturally I buy some and this time I'm like, you know, I'm 30. I don't need, I don't need any flavors, no artificial coloring. I'm trying to stay healthy. Just give me the plain sugar crystals, right? And I, I buy them so excited, and I go, and I get back in my car, sit in my driver's seat, grab my rock candy, put the car in drive, put my seatbelt on, which you should always do, and I pull forward a couple of feet, and then behind me, I hear, boom, because I forgot to take the nozzle out of my car. Has anybody else ever done this, by the way? Okay, now, you got, statistically, there's more of you in this room who have done this. You're leaving me out to dry right now. Oh, man, it's fine. I'll take the heat. They, uh, don't worry, like, the, the engineers, like, moron-proof the hoses now so you can snap them back into place. But the story's about to get better. But before I tell you how, I have to take you back eight years to 2011 at a gas station in Laguna Beach, California, because I did the same thing. <laughs> Uh, eight years ago, except that time I wasn't distracted by rock candy. I was distracted by um, my wife, who at the time was my girlfriend, because I'm not kidding, at that gas station in Laguna. In that moment was the moment I realized I loved her and I wanted to marry her and spend the rest of my life with her, right? Like, and so I'm like, if you're picking up on this, I'm a victim in all of these scenarios. Like, <laughs> I'm being distracted, whether it's by my wife or by rock candy. Like, it's not my fault, right? And <laughs> so anyways, fast forward again to last month. I'm sitting there just like, I just, I've just, I just did this for the second time. Like this is condemnation unlike you've ever felt before. Like, like the devil's in my passenger seat, like shame on you. And I do, I get out of the car and I do the 15 foot walk of shame to pick up the, 
the hose and snap it back together. And of course, of course this would happen right next to me, okay? Right next to me in like a 1999 lifted F-150 because it's always a lifted F-150. There is a guy and this guy is the most Texas guy that I have met since moving to Texas. And he is laughing at me with the most condescending laugh I have ever heard. This guy's like out of like a Pixar movie, right? Not, not even a big guy, just a big truck. And he gets out and he has a cowboy hat on and he has the boots with the spurs, you know? And he's, he's even got like, like straw or hay in his mouth. I'm like, that's real? Like I thought that was just in cartoons. And, and he looks at me laughing and he has the thickest Southern draw I've ever heard. And I'm not like, you can't make this up. I'm not kidding you. I don't know why, what prompted him to say this, but he looked at me and he said, Son, and he's not, he wasn't even that much older, but of course, like, son, I pray to God Almighty that's not the second time you've done something like that. What prompted you to say that, right? I was like, I'm not obligated to give you an honest answer here, snarky cowboy guy who I'm never gonna see again for the rest of my life. Like, I would have punched him in the face and cried the whole way home had I not had rock candy waiting for me in my car. And so what's the, what's the point? What's the moral? There's two. I'm glad you asked. Number one, guys, be careful at gas stations, for real. No, guys, seriously, please don't laugh, seriously. Number two, there are some things that you just never outgrow, some things you never graduate beyond, some things you should outgrow, like leaving too soon at a gas station, some things you should never outgrow, like rock candy and lucky charms and puppies, and John chapter 15. As Christians, we never graduate beyond John chapter 15, just like branches never graduate beyond the vine, okay? So let me catch you up metaphorically because Jesus is using a picture here. Each of us is a branch. The point of a branch is the fruit that it produces, but a branch only produces fruit when it remains connected to the vine, connected to the source. When a branch remains, there is no limit to the fruit in its future, and there is no striving or straining to produce that fruit. Like, you never see like an orange tree, like, like popping out oranges, like straining, like it just does that because that's what it was created to do. Every branch. You're welcome. Every branch has... The perfect church or the fun church? We already covered it. Every branch has unlimited potential. Guys, don't get me going. I will misbehave even further. Just like you. But potential, listen to me. Potential does not matter unless it produces fruit. And the power to produce comes from remaining, okay? Which means potential is actually not that cool. It's not that big a deal. Like, we kind of romanticize it like, oh, man, he's got, he's got potential. It's like, okay, you know who else does? Absolutely everybody else on the planet. We all have potential. Here's, like, the best dating advice I ever heard a pastor give, it, like, in honor of our, of our relationship series starting next week. But when you're looking for somebody to date, do not look at their potential of who they could be then. Look at their patterns now. Look at their patterns 
now. Because, here's why, because future you, future them is really not all that mysterious. Whatever your patterns are now, you will have them just exaggerated 10 years from now. And so like if you're mean and greedy now, then the product then of you will be you but meaner and greedier, right? And if you're kind and generous now, your product then will be you but kinder and more generous. It's not that mysterious. And so guys, don't look at her potential then. Look at her patterns now. Ladies, don't don't look at the man you think he maybe kind of sort of could be one day potentially if he if he's like your project that you and the spirit partner on to get like don't like look at his patterns now potential is cheap man who cares who cares about potential like a branch your potential only matters only matters if it converts into something real something that you can experience and feel and share right? The fruit, like even the fruit of the spirit, right? Like joy and peace and contentment and kindness and generosity. Experiencing all the things your soul is really looking for really comes down to your ability to remain in God, which is so simple up here. But here's my question. Why is it so difficult to live out here, right? Why is it so difficult? And I've thought a lot about it, and I think, I think this is the answer. I think remaining can be so difficult because we love new. Because new is shiny, and who doesn't love shiny, right? The problem is that new turns to old the moment you get it, which means that new is not a destination. New is an eternal chase, and because of that, I think it might be the greatest spiritual enemy of remaining with God. Stephen Furtick has a quote where he says this, you will never arrive if you cannot abide. Remain, abide. You'll never arrive if you can't abide because then you'll get there, but then you won't know how to be there, right? And now all throughout the Bible, God calls men and women to something new. God is a God of new, of course. He is always doing something new. And for some of you, the way that you're called to remain with God this year is by following him as he leads you into something new. That might be the season that you're in, but I just think that that's the season and that's the part that in church we tend to to glamorize. And because of that, I think we miss out on a lot. I really do, and take it from a guy who, who loves the idea of like the next horizon. Like I am a classic case of the grass is greener mentality. Like where, where does the green grass grow? Oh bro, it's, it's right over that hill. It is right over that mountain. It's not here. I haven't been there, but I'm telling you, I just got a feeling like, ooh, the grass is greener over that, over that hill, right? Like the next thing, the next job, the next relationship, next year, 2020. Like guys, the next season is so sexy until you get there and then you don't know how to be there. Because what happens, Christian, when the future that you've been romanticizing becomes your present, but you never learned how to abide in your present? You will never arrive if you cannot abide, and that's why God is a God of new, but God is also the God of same. He's the same today as he's always been, as he always will be, consistent even when we're not. His love never changes. His character stays constant through the ages. Our God is familiar with this concept of remaining, and I don't know your story. I don't know what God is speaking to you in 2019. I'm just here to suggest that maybe this year you need some same old, same old in your life. 
That idea gets a bad reputation. Oh, same old, same old, like, like boring. Like who wants, that's not fun, right? Like careful, you don't wanna get caught going through the motions, but think about it. Like getting stuck in the motions is only bad if the motions are bad, right? But if you can get caught in the good motions this year, the same old, same old good motions this year, if you can get stuck in that, then literally every single one of your New Year's resolutions will come to pass this year. If you get, if you get stuck, there is something to this idea of remaining that we desperately crave at a soul level and we don't even know it, right? We don't even know it. Like any couples in the room who have been married for longer than 20 years, can you raise your hands? Awesome. 30 years, keep them up. 30 years, 40 years. Wow, okay. 50 years, anybody? Yeah. Okay. All right. See, like, we can make some noise for that. We celebrate that. How the heck did you do that? You remained. You remained. And the fruit is found in remaining. Easier said than done, sure, but the simplicity of it is refreshing. Do you know how to remain in God today? Like, you know how to arrive in a new relationship. Do you know how to abide in that new relationship? You know how to arrive in a new job. Do you know how to be in that new job once you get there, right? You know how to arrive on a new vacation, and this is real, but do you know how to, like, be present in the sand on a beach in Hawaii once you're there? It's easier said than done, right? Do you know how to abide, right? Like you, you, you know how to come back to God and then leave for a while and then come back to God and leave and come back. And you can do that infinity times. God's love for you does not change and he will throw a party every single time that you come back. He is that good. But the life that you leave looking for is actually not found there. It's found in remaining the seasons where you remain with God, you know how to come back to him. Do you know how to remain with him, right? Like, and this is for all, this is for all of us. Like, you know how to arrive at a new church, but do you know how to remain and plant yourself in a church and stay through the good seasons and more importantly, like, through the bad seasons, right? And this isn't a plug for this church. It's a plug for every church. You want to plant yourself in the house of God. Oh my gosh, the compound blessing that you could tap into if you knew how to remain in a church. Like five months ago, we had our first kid. And by that, I mean my wife had our first kid five months ago. And, and I already have this dream of one day being able to pass on to him a church legacy of one church that his mother and I planted ourselves in, right? Not, not our 20 critiques of the 20 churches we kind of attended but never planted ourselves in because they weren't perfect, Right? Like, I want, I want to pass on to him that legacy. I want to tell Will, my son, stories about why we stayed, not about why we left. Can you remain when God calls you to remain? Because it's funny how his calling will sometimes change when you realize upon arrival the grass was not as green as you thought it was, you know? And take it from a guy who has historically been very bad at this my entire life, okay? The grass is not greener over the next mountain. The grass is greener where you water it. Woo. And in order to water it, you have to remain in it. 
This is God's word for me right now. We just moved and we're in a church planting season and I'm trying to see it go on for a long, long time and God is challenging me. Hey, Doug, the magic of life that you are so hungry for is not found over the next horizon. The magic is in the ground beneath your feet. Here's a shovel. Will you remain and dig it up? Will you remain and dig it up? Fruit worth having is not produced overnight, right? I want a six pack this year, guys. It's been since my freshman year of high school. I want it. I did crunches three times in January. Nothing has changed. <laughs> I had Mod Market today. I had the kale salad. I could have, like, I, like, get the situation. I could have had the barbecue chicken pizza with ranchito sauce, but I chose the kale salad, and guys, it was so bad. It was so bad, you guys and nothing has changed since lunch since lunchtime. So one of two things is happening. Either Whole Foods is scamming all of us with this kale fad, which is possible. That's like really possible. Or I'm not seeing long enough, right? Or I'm not seeing long enough. Some habits or addictions don't break overnight. Some marriages don't get fixed in one month of counseling, and that does not mean it's not working. That does not mean something's wrong. That does not mean God is not at work behind the scenes, right? That just means you can't spend five years walking into a forest and then turn around and expect to walk out of it in five weeks, right? Hey, salvation happens immediately. Sanctification does not it does not, but man, anything, like if you gave God enough time in your life by remaining, oh my gosh, right? Like what, what is possible for you? Freedom from sexual histories or, or bondages is a process. Healing is a process, right? Like maybe you spent a decade looking at stuff on your computer you should not have been looking at and it wired your brain to a very healthy point. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus wants to renew that and restore that and rewire it to something healthy, but Jesus deserves for you to give him the same amount of time that you gave the world, right? Like for any middle schoolers or high schoolers in here, like you have the option of not, not having a a sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind of testimony. <laughs> like sometimes we'll hear those in church and then we'll think, man, I need, I need like an addiction. I need like a better story to tell. And then we'll go and do that. And regardless of what you do, like you're not better at sinning than Jesus is at saving. Like his grace is that good, but consequences are still real. They're still real. And I'm pleading with you. Like you're allowed to learn things the easy way. You do not have to learn things the hard way, right? Like parents, if you're praying for your kids right now and it's been years and you're like, God, how much longer do you need? I am telling you there is breakthrough in the future. Please do not stop. And I'm pleading with you as, as a, a, a human being, as a son who had parents who did that for him. Please do not stop. Something is about to give. Give God a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. Like, God, how much longer do you need? It's been a month. I've read the Bible five days in a row. When am I going to feel anything, right? <laughs> been in my new job six months, not making a difference. I haven't changed the world, whatever that means, right? When am I going to feel something different? This, this, this godforsaken Dave Ramsey 
Total money makeover. I've been at it for a year. Haven't bought myself a Starbucks from, a latte from Starbucks. God, show me the money. When is that? Like, (laughs) I had a kale salad today for crying out loud. Like, I want to see some results. We want our fruit Amazon primed to us, right? That's just how we are. We're human beings. Like, two-day shipping. If it's tomorrow, that's even better. Three days is unacceptable. But God, but God... But God does not work for Amazon. And Ben, you can come up. And fruit worth having, fruit that outlives your life, fruit that is eternal, takes time. We are a people of the finished product. But God is a God of the the work in progress, right? Like if you read the Bible, 10 minutes a day this week, 10 minutes a day. By next week at this time, you probably won't feel that different. You'll feel a little different, but if you remained in it 10 minutes a day for this entire year, I am telling you, you know you would be a different person by 2020. You know you would, right? Like, if you remained in the Bible two chapters a day, that's not even 10, that's five minutes. Two chapters a day, if you remained in it for five years, by the end of that time, you will have read the Bible cover to cover three times. The story of this creator and the creation that he loves, which includes you, cover to cover three times. I'm just saying, ask anybody who understands the stock market, right? The future does not belong to the talented or the lucky The future belongs to those who are willing to remain, willing to remain. Right before I moved to Austin, uh, a friend was having a quarter-life crisis in my office in a great way, and he had just watched a documentary on Netflix about sex trafficking in Cambodia, and he was feeling so burdened from heaven for it. And he was like, Doug, I'm ready to give the next year of my life. I'm ready to move to Cambodia. I want to take this evil industry down. How do I do that? How do I be effective? Translation, I want to see fruit. How do I do that? And that's a great question. And God gave me a word for him, but it was really for me. It was really for me. But God said, and you've already heard it tonight. He said, tell him to start seeing longer. Because the dream he has is straight from heaven You wanna stop sex trafficking in Cambodia? That's amazing. That's not gonna happen in one year. It's just not. And God's saying to me for moving to Austin, all my dreams, he's like, buddy, you wanna see revival in Austin. You wanna see thousands of people get saved. You wanna see Red Rocks locations all over the planet. That's amazing. That's from heaven also. And that's also not gonna happen in one year. But I'm like, God, a year is so long. And the one who was there before the beginning would look down and say, is it? (laughs) Or do you overestimate what you could do in a year and dramatically underestimate what I could do in you and through you if you gave me five or 10 or 30 or call me crazy the rest of your life? Do you know what is possible with God if you give him enough time? I have another friend. His name is Timothy. He's a local pastor in Mirage, India. And for the past 20 years, he's been working to take down the industry, the sex trafficking industry in Mirage. 
and he's going to give the next 20 to 30 years of his life to doing the exact same thing. And I know, man, I believe with all my heart, he is going to see that happens before he takes his last breath this side of eternity. That is going to be his fruit, right? His fruit. William Wilberforce took down, abolished the slave trade. That also didn't happen in a year. That was a life remaining in one thing, right? And he, he saw it come to fruition three days before he died and went home to, to be with God. Dream big, live better, but see longer. Jesus said, you will know my kids by their fruit, man. Not by their potential, but by their fruit. Something real that you can experience and see and, and feel and share, right? The families they build the marriages they cultivate, the churches they plant, the businesses they start, the money they give, the time and energy they give to serving other people, like the fruit, right? Not just externally, but fruit of the spirit on the inside as well. I've been praying that in Denver, in Austin, in Brussels, and wherever else we have locations one day, that the people in those cities would look at Christians in those cities, and they would be forced to stop and say, there is, what the heck is it about you that makes you so joyful in a time where you should not be this joyful? What the heck makes you so peaceful right now, right? Why are you so patient with me? Why are you so kind? Why are you so content? That is evidence for a God. You can argue with potential all day long, but you cannot argue with fruit because it's real and it's evidence of a source. And so that's, that's it. That's our five weeks of an awake series. And I think we went into this series thinking this is gonna be like, all about the potential of the future. But it, it actually turned out not to be. It turned out to be all about our patterns in the present. And man, if you can own this, if you can embrace this day, if you can crush the room that you're in this day, if you can remain with Jesus this day, then Ephesians 3.20 will take care of itself and the future will be fruitful in a way that is immeasurably more, really, than you ever asked or imagined that it could be. Abide. Abide. Easier said than done, but the simplicity is refreshing. We never outgrow this. We never graduate past John 15. Abide, for the grass is greener wherever it is that you remain with God. Amen? God, we love you. Thank you for a church to call home. Thank you for a, a space where we can come and be imperfect and be human together and be real about life and, and what's possible. I thank you that our salvations are in your hands and the future God is in your hands as well. Teach us to embrace remaining with you even right now for the next 15 minutes of worship. The real present, every breath, every, every word and lyric, every note, every song, right here and right now. We love you. We pray all of this in the powerful name of Jesus and everybody said, amen. Red Rocks Church, let's stand up and let's worship.